What's going on, Trophy Kids? It is Draftapalooza. We are talking all first round coverage. We're going through every single pick, giving you the thoughts I have on them, talking a little NBA basketball at the end. This is an awesome one. Let's go. Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is Friday, April 28th, and the first round of the NFL draft has concluded. I mean, what an awesome draft. I Everybody who said it stunk was just being lazy about their analysis on this draft. I said that going into this draft. That first round ruled. Awesome. I mean, picks were flying, a lot of trade action, a lot of good depth. I mean, there are some teams that the prospects they got might be setting them up for generations, a.k.a. the Ravens. Um, and we're going to talk about all that. We're going to break through, go down every pick generally. Some picks I'm going to go through pretty quickly, some I won't. Um, and just talk about overall thoughts. I mean, the first main thought, too, and I said this last year, it kind of sucked that due to COVID, this got delayed and you couldn't have it in Vegas, but what an all-time city to have a draft in. I mean, these guys just partied their asses off last night, I'm sure, and had an awesome experience. Great place to have it. Um, the other primary thought going into this draft, I said this, outside of the wide wide receiver position, which is incredibly loaded, amazing depth throughout that from a prospect perspective, people kept saying this draft sucked because the quarterback position wasn't great. It wasn't there, so it lacked the star power was, was the argument being said. And I said that was baloney. That's just lazy and dumb football take. That's not really digging in and seeing that this draft has amazing depth at the meat and potatoes, at the substance of your football team positions and the non-sexy positions, but there are loads of talent across the board. Um, and we're going to talk about that. I, I think there are so many talented guys um, and all pros throughout this. I think rounds three through five, I mean, we're going to look back and the depth that some of these teams get from those rounds I think is going to be great. I think we're going to look back at this draft and we're going to realize that there was, you know, in five years, that there's so many guys that got second contracts with their teams that are really foundational pieces in the NFL. I love love the talent overall. Um but we're starting with Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, number one pick. This is the first draft in recent memory where it wasn't known like months in advance like who the number one pick's going to be. I mean, there was real speculation here. Trayvon Walker ends up being the guy. Super athletic guy. Clearly a traits guy. Not so much a production guy in college, which, you know, I come from the philosophy that I think at, you know, especially in the top four, really top three, you should just be drafting best player unless you have a glaring, glaring need. Um, I don't... I, I'm. He's not the best player in this draft, prospect-wise. He might end up being, but I I have my concerns there. I think he'll be a fine football player. He oozes talent, raw talent. Um, but the production value is kind of... It, it's off-putting, to say the least. I mean, he was on arguably the greatest college defense ever. He was getting a lot of one-on-one -on -one matchups, and he didn't win those a lot. I mean... We're going to talk about one of the guys who I think is one of the best football players in this year's draft in Evan Neal. And, you know, he got one-on-one -on -one matchups, and Neal put him away pretty soundly on a lot of those um, in that Alabama-Georgia game. So, interesting pick. Could very well work out, but it's just, it was an interesting first pick. And then the Lions. I mean, can we clap it up for them? This organization did not overthink this pick. 
is Adrian Hutchinson the best football player, the best prospect? I don't know. Probably not. Not in my opinion. But is he a guy that when we look, you know, there's two school of thoughts, you know, the traits guys and the production guys. Is he kind of the best mesh out of all of it? Yeah, I would say so. He's got some really solid traits. He doesn't, He's not like the most athletic edge rusher there is in this draft, but he doesn't have to be. He's memorized some really good moves down. He got great production. He's an absolute workhorse bell cow guy. He's going to be reliable. He's a guy that no matter what is going to make a living in this league, I think. His his downside floor is pretty high. Like his production value regardless, I think in the NFL is going to be pretty pretty good. This was they didn't overthink it. I mean, he's a Michigan guy staying in the state of Michigan. They didn't overthink this pick. They got a quality here. I think, you know, no matter what, you're getting a return on this pick and that's what it's all about. Love the pick. Um then Derek Stingley, first surprise of the draft. First like, oh, we're cooking with some gas in this draft this year. Interesting pick. I mean, we all know that first season was remarkable. There's game film, or not game film, practice film of him being matched up against Lamar Chase and locking him down. Had a phenomenal freshman season. You know, then he had the COVID opt-out, then he got hurt next year. This is a guy, high risk, high reward. I mean, he could be in a in a league that is ever-evolving, in a league that is going more and more towards passing, obviously, and the evolution of passing. That You, you really are going to have to focus a lot of resources and talent to to getting great coverage guys. He's the ultimate boomer bust. Is he the best corner, I think, in this class? No. Right now. But does he have the potential to be the best? Absolutely. I mean, his talent is there, clearly, obviously. It's a risky pick, but I like it. You know, the Texans, they put their balls on the table and said, let's go. Let's roll here. And then follow that up with the Jets, who had a fantastic draft, getting who I think is the best corner in the draft, and Sauce Gardner. Great pick by the Jets. This is a quality, quality pick. I love Sauce Gardner. I like Sauce Gardner. I mean, think about this, folks. It's been said and repeated all the time, but I don't think we can repeat this this stat enough. It is mind-blowing that this is a legit stat from a college cornerback playing the second-hardest position in the sport to have this stat in more than in over a thousand snaps, his entire career in college never once gave up a touchdown. Not one time. That is like I, I still can't wrap my head around it, no matter how many times it's been said. This past season didn't let up a single reception over 13 yards. This guy has sure he maybe isn't the most like the biggest corner. And I, I do like kind of the big corners, but he's got long arms. He's going to be able to play various different forms of coverage. He's he's great, great oily hips, flips them real quick. Great prototype NFL corner. Going to a defense, Robert Solom. Like, this is a Jets team that I said, you know, they're in a window of opportunity with their new head coach and all the picks they have to really change the fortune of this franchise. And this is a building block this year to really plant that flag saying we're going to be different. I think this is a great prospect, great corner. Love, love the pick. And then pick number five comes in the Giants, a team that for the last couple years couldn't hit the broad side of the barn. I mean, if they were standing in the ocean and they tried to throw a rock into it, wouldn't hit. I mean, they'd find a way to throw it up on the beach um, when it comes to drafting players here. Kayvon Thibodeau, take the edge. Another boomer bust guy. I mean, I think the argument over his 
love for football has been a little overplayed. I mean, this is a guy who got injured in the Ohio State game. Could have easily said, you know what? I'm going to be a top five pick, top ten no matter what probably. I can just sit out the rest of the season. And he didn't. He came back. He fought his way back from that ankle injury. And sure, there are concerning things on film. And who knows what the motivation is there. It's a new generation. Maybe it was one of those, you know, protecting the money before I get to the NFL. Don't blow my shot here. But this is a guy that has unbelievable talent. He's kind of the... He's a little scary because maybe he gives off that that vibe of, you know, just roll the football out and I'm going to be best player on the field. But he's so far been able to back it up. And I think he's going to be a very potent edge rusher in this league. Um, and I think it was a good risk gamble here by the Giants. I think it's a good pick. And then the Carolina Panthers come up, a team that is in my division, a team that there were rumors any they might take a quarterback take Malik Willis, which I was hoping they would not do because I think that Malik could be a special talent in this NFL if he gets the right situation. Um, I had initially said the Titans was the best situation for that. That changes here, as we may or may not already know. Um, but they get Iki Okwano, awesome prospect at left tackle, um, a guy that could be a foundational piece People argue he's the best tackle in the draft. I don't think he's the best tackle in the draft prospect-wise, but he's a very solid piece. I like the pick at six. Good piece. But then the Giants come right after that, and they get the guy who I think is the best tackle in this draft. A guy who is an athletic freak. A guy who is fundamentally sound, who has gone up against some of the best defense alignment and linebackers college football has to offer and was solid throughout it all, and that is Evan Neal. The Giants nailed this pick. Absolutely nailed this pick. For whatever quarterback they decide to go in the future, they've got a tackle in Evan Neal, who is an athletic freak for his size, incredibly strong, good foundational blocker, uh, doesn't get beat too often, has been battle-tested. This guy's going to come in, and he's going to be a banger in the NFL. And this is a great pick. This is a second contract kind of guy, I think, here. Um, there's not too many concerns about worth death. There's there's really not too many concerns coming into this. Like, is he going to be all pro, pro bowler? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Certainly the potential to be that. But he's going to be a foundational piece. Like, this is a guy that I'm, I'm pretty confident is going to be a solid, solid piece to an offensive line here. Second contract kind of guy. And that's what you're evaluating your first picks on. Then we get to Drake London and the Atlanta Falcons, and this is an interesting one. This is one where it's funny because, I don't know if it's necessarily funny, but Drake London's a guy that I very much like. But in a, a draft with so much wide receiver depth, I did not see him being the first one off the board. Could he be the best wide receiver in this class? Maybe. But he lacks some of the speed and separation that a lot of these other guys and the catch radius that a lot of these other guys had in college. Doesn't mean he can't develop it. Doesn't mean that when he gets on a pro team, he doesn't elevate his game. He is a big body. I'm going to go up and win the 50-50 ball, especially down the red zone. Huge threat there. Um, Good, very good prospects. Like I like him. I just thought at eight, it's a little bit of a reach. But I could also see the argument if the Falcons are looking at the wide receivers and they make the evaluation that that's the guy we like best, 
they go up and get him. But I, once again, I, I think that was like our first kind of real reach in this draft. Um, but still very good prospect. Great player. A big 50-50 ball. I was watching the ESPN coverage, and they compared him to Vincent Jackson, and I think that's a great, great comparison um, for his type of game. And if he ends up being Vincent Jackson, then great pick, obviously. Uh, but he's got some things to work on, um, as a lot of these dudes do. But, you know, solid pick. Then the Seahawks come. This is this was the trend of the draft. The trend of the draft was teams that we expect to do dumb stuff not doing dumb stuff. Like doing the things that they needed to do to be successful and to put the right foot forward um, and show their fan bases that, hey, we're actually trying to be a winning franchise right now. And the Seahawks, a team that have been head-scratching at best the last couple years in the draft, who are clearly in a rebuild, who clearly do are looking towards the future now, and they're having like a five-year kind of future plan. They're not win now. They're not, we got to put asses in the seats. They're like, all right, we got to build this thing out over the course of four or five years. Let's start putting together some good building blocks here. Go out and get a great Great prospect at tackle in Charles Cross. I mean, this guy is physical. He's what you want in O-lineman. He doesn't take any shit. Um, he plays with hard aggression. Got some things to clean up, but, you know, they're going to clean that up. This is this is an offensive line that has been held together by bubblegum and duct tape for the last couple of years. I mean, Russell Wilson finally leaves, and they're like, hey, you know, we had this awesome quarterback didn't try to protect him at all. Now let's go try to protect whoever Drew Locke or whoever we're going to have starting next year. Um, kind of funny, but great, great pick. I mean, that's putting your right foot forward. That's saying, hey, we are looking to do this rebuild right. Let's go out and get the best tackle on the board left right now, and let's start kind of building some blocks. Let's get an attitude to that offensive line. Let's get a guy who's going to elevate the play there, who isn't going to take a lot of shit, who's going to be aggressive in this league, who's kind of a man's man, super athletic. Love, love the pick. Now the wide receivers that I really start to like start falling off the boards. We get quick back-to-back-to-back picks here. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams. I mean, studs, uh, prospect. Jamison Williams, you get the lines... You know, giving a good... I thought the Vikings won that trade. I know Viking fans are a little little upset. I thought the value return that they got was very good. You know, they're going to pick real close here in the second round. I, I think they, you know, early might win this pick. Now, Jamison Williams might be phenomenal. The ACL injury, you know, nowadays players recover, but that's always a little bit of concern when you tear that so early. And, you know, I saw some things about how that was sort of due to the fields, obviously, but also the way he runs and things like that, that could be a little bit concerning, but he's the guy that has the biggest potential upside here in this wide receiver class. Uh, Pre-ACL tear, I mean, he would have been probably a top-five pick. I mean, this guy is insane. Chris Olave, who expands his catch radius like very few wide receivers do in college football. I mean, this guy, you know, as long as you get the ball within spitting distance, is coming to get it for you. Um Awesome player. And then Garrett Wilson, another great. I mean, the at one time, all three of these dudes were on the Ohio State wide receiving core depth chart. I mean, Williams obviously goes to Alabama. Excuse me as I take a, a drink of water here. But, I mean, unreal talent that they had at one point in time. Um, and then the Eagles pick a pick. That at the ha- time was a little head-scratching just because it didn't necessarily fit a need. But it fit a uh, let's-go-get-the-best-player. 
Like that was the mentality. It was like, this isn't a need, but there is a guy that we have never seen athletically at the size in which this man is and the way he moves. He could be this generation's Vince, Vince Wilfork, or he could be this generation's Albert Haynes, where it's like, damn, when he's in, he can go, but gets gassed, not in a whole lot. Then he gets that second contract, kind of disappears. That's what you potentially get with Jordan Davis. You got like Vince Wilfork, just a stud, problem in the middle, just. I mean, this dude is a problem. If he gets some conditioning under him, we've never seen a football player at this size move the way he does. He is a freak of nature. And yes, it was not a need for the Eagles. But it was the mentality of let's go get the best player. And I bet that's because of the trade they had planned in their back pocket, which clearly had been being planned for a while and was basically a done deal because they had a contract ready to go right away. But that's what this pick signals. It's a great pick. I do think he is going to be a freak of nature. The conditioning is a little concerning because he got gas and there's tons of clips of him just giving up on plays. He gets that a little underneath, but because it's not a need too, you can rotate him in and out with that defensive line. Like This is a good depth pick. Then we get to the Ra- the Ravens I don't know how the league let this happen. I, the Ravens here put on a masterclass of how to execute the draft. They go out and get Kyle Hamilton, who I compared to this generation's potential Ed Reed. Like he is a game changer at safety in a league which we just talked about, where passing is becoming more um, relevant, where you're going to have to put together a ton of resources in the defense of guys who can cover and be erasers, especially in the AFC where the quarterback play is just so high level. They go out and get Kyle Kyle Hamilton, who is unbelievable. I know people got shied off because of that 40 time he ran at the combine and his pro day wasn't great, but this is a man you put on the tape is an eraser on the field. He can do so many different things. He is a Swiss Army knife. And if I remember correctly, there were some concerns about Ed Reed's speed too. I mean... This team, the Ravens may have just found their next Ed Reed. Like, he's probably going to be an all-pro. Like, Kyle Hamlin's probably going to both their picks are probably going to be all-pros. I mean, they absolutely executed this draft at the highest of levels. Um, and this is why they're an elite franchise. This is a franchise that understands how to build football teams. Um, and it was a great, great, great pick, which I know the Eagles fans, some Eagles fans weren't happy about because they wanted Kyle Hamilton, which would have made a lot of sense for that defense. Um... But phenomenal. Like, I, I still can't believe Kyle Hamilton fell to 14. I mean, I, I kind of, because I can see the players going, but it's great, great value. And then the Houston Texans, another team that's made some baffling decisions, go out. And this was another position that I said had huge draft. The interior linemen in this draft, there are going to be a handful of them that are around this league for a very long time. The interior offensive line position, guard and center in this draft class, is loaded with depth. There are so many talented guys. And Kenyon Green, I had him extremely high. This is a man that plays downhill, aggressive inside. You are not going by him. This is a, another foundational piece in our offensive line. This is a phenomenal prospect. Uber talented. Needs some work and some coaching but is a guy that, like, this is just another, by the Texans, great pick.
an absolutely great pick. A guy that I had extremely high on my board as far as talent goes in this draft at a very strong position. And then we get another stretch with Jamon Dotson, who's a good wide receiver, don't get me wrong. But first round at 16, I don't know, guys. The the Washington Commanders, that... I think you could have got him in the second round where they're picking. I, I, I think that was the, I think that was a pick. If I, if I had to read into this, that they saw the run on wide receivers and they got nervous and they panicked and they went and tried to get their guy. And he's a good football player too. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. He's made some spectacular catches. We all remember that one handed catch. But it it was a bit of a stretch, I think. Good football player, good prospect, got a lot of work to do to be a number one wide receiver, which is when you're drafting a guy in the top 20, you're drafting them to be your number one wide receiver. And they have a number one guy in Terry McLaurin. Don't get me wrong there. I mean, the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL to date. But... And he might be a very complimentary too. It's just, it felt like a little bit of a stretch. And then Zion Johnson, who, while I said green, I had extremely high. Zion Johnson's guy that I think might be the best interior lineman in this draft. Zion Johnson. I love this player. I watch way too much BC football. This is an anchor. This is a true anchor, true potential to be an all pro. This is a guy who I do believe will be an all pro. Athletic, great Great player. Um, it, he, he, his footwork can struggle a little bit to readjust based on the move that the defender gets. That That's sort of my only criticism. Um, but this, he's my favorite interior lineman. Outside, well, I guess Linden Ball, he's the center. But when we're talking guard, potential guards here, tackles, um, I love Love, love, love Zion Johnson. This was a great pick by the Chargers. The Chargers have now put together two great masterclass first rounds. They are building the the Chargers are a dangerous franchise right now. Like this is a team that understood the assignment and went out and got it. They said we nailed the draft last year with Slater. We're gonna put Johnson right next to him, and we now have sealed off that lot part of the line like the Hoover Dam. Like that line ain't leaking. That side of the line is going to be pristine. This was a great, great, great pick by the Chargers. My favorite, favorite interior lineman outside of Lindenbaum. I think this dude's a stud. Great pick by the Chargers. Then we have the surprise of the draft because the Titans traded away AJ AJ Green. AJ Brown. And they draft his replacement here. And this was a head-scratcher because they, they, they trade to the Eagles to move up, and they give away Brown. And <sighs> take a sip of my water for this one. This is a pick I do not understand. I do not understand the philosophy as, a, as an or- professional organization to nail a draft pick, have that guy develop into one of the best, most dangerous wide receivers in the game, and then not re-sign him and try to do it all over again. I can understand that with running backs. 
I can understand that with, and maybe the wide receiver position is becoming the next wide wide receiver or running back position because there's just been so much talent the last couple of years, and we see that you're able to kind of cycle through the draft and get really good guys. But AJ Brown's a game changer, and that's nothing to to. I'm not trying to diminish Burks, who I I really liked, and his comparison would be AJ Brown. He runs the inside screen. He gets great yak off that. That's That was A.J. Brown's bread and butter. He's very physical after the catch. His yak, yak is great. Um, His route running is not, though. Um, There's some work to be done there. The separation off his ability to get the most out of his routes is not what you would want out of a top-tier guy right now, but that's... That's coachable. That's learnable. That's something he can work on and get way better at, um, especially now that he has all the time in the world to dedicate to his craft. Like that's, I'm not saying that that's not possible, but that would be the knock right now on this guy. Um, and I very much like him. I just, I don't understand the philosophy of you have one of the best guys. He's your second most talented player on your roster. You were a one seed last year. You are incredibly competitive. If you wanted to go later and draft Malik Willis and get a quarterback of the future to get rid of Tannehill after a year, like that would have been a great situation. I compared that situation to potentially a Patrick Mahomes situation where you bring in a guy who's uber talented but needs a little time to work on the fundamentals. And that's what Patrick Mahomes had. He, you know, he had uber talent, but he got to sit a year behind Alex Smith and learn the game behind Andy Reid and Alex Smith and that great offensive philosophy. And he had weapons around him. So when he stepped in, he was in the best position to succeed. And you had an opportunity as the Titans to do that here if you wanted a quarterback. And instead, you trade away one of the best wide receivers, your second best player in your team, because you didn't want to sign him to a big contract. And then you go out and draft what you hope to be his replacement. You hope that Burks is as good as AJ Brown. You're trading for a known commodity. You're giving away a known commodity for an unknown commodity with similar potential. I just don't understand that philosophy when the guy's young. I would get that if maybe he was on his second contract and he was starting to age out. But he's still a young player. This is what you want to do as an organization. You want to nail draft picks and get guys to their second contracts and get guys that are some of the best in the league at what they do. And you had that and you got rid of it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But the pick, it's a good pick to fill that gap. It's just you created an unnecessary problem for yourselves. Like you could have used your pick in the first round to build on a piece that you don't have solidified yet. But Burks, I like him. I mean, he does all like he does the things that AJ Brown did great. Did it at a college level, see if he can do it at an NFL level. I like he's a very physical wide receiver. I love that. Very physical after the catch. Hard to get down. Runs a great inside slant. Um, and that's was the bed and brother of, of Brown. So we'll see. Um, Saints, <laughs> I mean, good luck. Um, Trevor Penning got uh, the hype around him because of that pro day. I was this clips that people watched were very selective of his not pro day of uh the senior bowl. Um they talk about how he's a big physical guy. He was throwing around guys sort of at the end of plays. He got beat a lot. Um, and he got bullied a lot. And I think he's been very overvalued. I know the Bucks are going to eat him alive this season, so I'm very happy about that. Um, good luck. I think he's the most overrated player in the first round. 
Um, I hope, I wish him all the luck. Like, I hope for him to succeed. I, but as a Bucks fan, I'm just like, awesome pick, great pick, really good job, Saints. You you stuck it there. Um, so yeah, I, I hope he succeeds. But I, I think he's the most overrated player in this this first round. And then the Steelers come in and they pick Kenny Pickett, who I guess is just going to be good now. Like. That, Let's just can we all admit that I guess this is probably going to work out. I I did not have Kenny Pickett's rated as my first best quarterback. I had him in third back, but or third best. But situations are all that matter, and he's going to an organization that knows how to win football games, that knows how to build foundational pieces, that understands as an organization what it takes to win at the highest of levels consistently. I mean, this organization does the right thing in the ways that most organizations dream of doing at night because they get it. They get how to build football rosters. And Kenny Pickett is going into a situation where he doesn't have to be the day one starter if he's not ready, but he's going to an organization that knows how to draft wide receivers. So we all can agree that they're going to have a wide receiver at some point who understands, yeah, the offensive line has been great, but they're going to get that figured out at some point, who plays great defense. Like, this is the best fit for him. The fit is perfect. So, yeah, he's probably going to work out, be a foundational piece, even though I didn't have a lot of faith in him coming into this draft. He got drafted into one of the best situations in all of football, and he's going to be a stud for the Steelers. Like, I, we should all just accept it now. This dude's going to be a stud. Um, Kansas City Chiefs get Trent McDuffie. This was an interesting one. I watched a lot of Pac-12 football. This dude was a stud in college. I do have concerns about his size in the NFL. I'm not a big fan of small corners, um, like him in today's NFL. Um, he is a phenomenal, phenomenal college corner. He's got all the traits. I mean, if he was just a little bit bigger, he'd be probably the best corner on the board. But I do have some concerns about his size um, and how he's going to fit in. But he and the ball skills, I think, are good. They could be a little bit more refined. Um, He's the interesting pick. I don't know what to make of him. My gut doesn't love it, um, but we'll see. I, 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 that's all I got on him. I just I my nervousness is around size, and that's it. So if that's and honestly, if that's the only concern, that's pretty good. I mean, we know that there are corners out there who are not the biggest in the world who have played phenomenal football and can be locked down. So, you know, that's the only concern on my part. Is I know the guy can play. I know he's extremely talented at the corner position. It's just, will that size be an issue for him in the NFL? And I, I, we don't know until we start playing games, but that's my concern with him. Um, Packers pick up very quality linebacker, Quay Walker. Um, I mean, they, they're, I guess they, they just don't care what I, maybe this was just their, they're spiting Aaron Rodgers at this point for the drama that he's put them through. Like they're just sticking it to him and don't care about ultimately winning a Super Bowl here. Um, or they're looking far into the future because while Walker is not the best linebacker on that Georgia defense, he is an incredible NFL linebacking pros prospect. He does everything good. Like he wasn't my favorite linebacker draft in the in this first round. We're going to get to that guy in a little bit here. But he does everything good for him, what you want from a linebacker. Um, so I think he's another guy, second contract guy. You know, even if he's not like a stud, he's going to be good enough that you don't have to worry about that position. 
essentially is, is sort of where I put his his floor at. Like he's just a solid guy, um, solid pick. Uh, you know, it just it's just funny that they refuse to get Aaron Rodgers any help. Um, Buffalo, this is a high ceiling guy. This is a guy in uh, Kyulum. I forget how to pronounce his first name. Um, who at times you can see the ability to be an all-star corner. He's got the size. Love the size on him. He's got the athletic traits. The problem is, is at times he gets a little lost in the sauce. And what I mean by that, not the actual drinking sauce, but he gets kind of lost in his own ability. And he gets spooked off the line, and then he's playing catch-up, and he's grabbing a lot. He gets very handsy and he's because he's playing out of position. His technique off the go at sometimes isn't isn't good enough. But that's something Sean McDermott can coach up. Like he's going to the best situation for what he needs to work on in Buffalo. Cause that Buffalo it, it, in Buffalo, what he needs to get better at, he's gonna get better at. And that's just kind of the technique, especially off the line. So I really like the pick. I think this is a home run pick for Buffalo. Um, had he gone to another organization, I might be a little bit more concerned. But a slam, like I think this guy could be, he has the potential to be the best, like when we look back in five years, the best corner in this first round. Has that type of potential. Just got to work on some things. Just got to be coached up a little bit. But he's he's got, I mean, he's got it. Um, and he went to the best situation. Dallas went with a flyer here too. Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. This is a guy, I'm not going to lie, I don't know a ton about. Um, I, I didn't scout him a ton. I didn't watch him a ton. I'm going to rely on what other people said about him. Gets a lot of penalties because, you know, the Cowboys need that. <laughs> he, 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 From what I understand, this is a guy that got all the talent in the wor- world. He's a raw, he's raw talent. He needs to be coached up, he, and he's going to a place that coaches line or linemen pretty damn well. Um, in the Dallas Cowboys, you know he's unmolded clay, and they just got to mold him into a good offensive lineman, and I, that's something the Cowboys can do t- with Tyler Smith. Um, but that's the knock right now. And then the Ravens, we talked about this with Kyle Hamilton, and now Tyler Lindenbaum. They got the best center, arguably the best talent he's just you know the concern is the arm length but he plays center so that's not terrible this guy I mean the Ravens drafted two all pros right like these dudes are probably gonna be hall of famers like this is just I I can't believe the league allowed this to happen Kyle Hamilton and Tyra Lindemann going to the Ravens those are two phenomenal pieces I don't (laughs) I don't get what the Cardinals did for the Hollywood Brown trade that it seems like a bad trade for the Cardinals. Great trade for the the Ravens. Um, not how they got this pick, but uh, just something we hadn't mentioned at this point in time. Um, but yeah, Tyler Lindenbaum, uh, everything you want in a center and more. Th- this guy gets it. Um, there's the great story about him donating all of his NIL money to the Children's Hospital um, that overlooks the Iowa Stadium. This guy comes from a school that turns out offensive linemen like a factory. He's fundamentally sound. He's a great athlete, great athleticism there. I mean, this is a rock star pick. You could not have the the Ravens could not have nailed the first round better. Um, and then the Jets come in and get the guy who has got the work ethic and he's got the athleticism. 
in Jeremy Johnson, a guy who played Juco ball, went to Florida State, great production. He is a heat-seeking missile when it comes to the quarterback. His, you know, we talk about quarterback pocket awareness. He's got defensive end pocket awareness. He understands where the quarterback is and, more importantly, where the ball is, and he tracks it like a heat-seeking missile. This is a knockout pick by the Jets. The Jets had themselves an absolute day in the first round. This is a fundamental pick for them. They make another good pick here. Um, so, yeah, I, I love what the Jets did in this first round. This was, I mean, they got a wide receiver for Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson. They got a guy to help out their quarterback. And then they got two very extremely talented defensive prospects to keep building that foundation. The Jets nailed the draft. Absolutely nailed it. Um, then my favorite linebacker comes off the board. Jacksonville grabs Devin Lloyd. It's a trade with my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this, I love Lloyd. I was a big, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know I took Utah Future to win the Pac-12. I had a lot of faith in their their program this year. Defensively, I had a lot of faith. Devin Lord was a big reason. This guy is the linebacker of the future type of breed. This is the one that you like. teams are going to be seeking out for. A guy that can cover and play downhill against the run. A guy who can do it all, essentially, from the linebacker position. He can cover your tight ends. He can come up and play the run. He's super versatile. Great sideline to sideline speed. This, he's my favorite linebacker in this draft. Um, he's my number one linebacker in this draft. I absolutely love, love the prospect in Devin Lloyd. Um, phenomenal player. Great prospect here. Jacksonville got a good one in this pick. Um, I really, really, I can't say enough good things about this kid. Um, awesome, awesome football player. I'm glad that the Jaguars are not in our division because I would hate to go up against him. Very kind of... Um, not Devin White vibes necessarily, but he he reminds me of like a bigger physical Levante David, where a guy who can cover and can play downhill and can just be a foundational piece at linebacker. Great, I've used foundational piece way too much today, <laughs> um, way way too much. Got to open the vocabulary, but a, a good pick here. Packers going the defense alignment and Wyatt, uh, a guy could be great but it's just it's so funny I mean these next couple picks I mean it's just I don't know what to make of these next couple picks really I I think that's a good pick I think he'd be a solid football player but just not necessarily what you needed um or what you should want um at this point but hey uh he doesn't necessarily fit the need I think they have other glaring needs that they need you know replacing their best go-to wide receiver and one of the best wide receivers in the league might have been where they wanted to, to target, but hey, what do I know? Um, Patriots go with a fly here. Cole Strange, everybody thinks he'll be good because it's the Bill Belichick effect. We'll see. I don't know. I think we're giving Bill Belichick this at this point too much credit. Hell of a coach, obviously, but in the first round, draft picks, uh, it's been interesting. Um, this guy, I, I got nothing on him. Uh, I hope he works out. Bill's draft. I mean, Bill knows how to coach linemen. So the fact that he's, a, you know, the pick came from the offensive line, that's good. George for the Chiefs and at a Purdue. Um, great college defensive end, workhorse type of guy. I. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's going to be great on the edge. I think you're going to stick him inside more often than not. Um, I'll be interested to see how they utilize him. Um, interesting pick. And then the Bengals. 
Bengals get a great pick here. This in a league where they know that they're going to have they have to have to shore up their pass coverage. They have to get better in their secondary. This is a league that require that is just going more and more towards the passing offense. They play in the AFC, which I already said, the quarterbacks are just so damn good, so elite across the board. You got to get better and they get Daxton Hill who isn't the best safety but he might be the best overall secondary player. I mean, this kid is a football player. He is amazing to watch. He is a Swiss Army knife utility player. They're going to be able to play him in the middle of the field, match him up against, you know, he is a little undersized, but he doesn't play undersized. Very physical, sure tackler, very quick. Um, Him and Jesse Bates in the middle of the field, they're going to create a no-fly zone. This was a great, great pick. You can fit him at a bunch of different positions across your secondary. Um, Awesome, awesome pick for the Bengals here. And then Lewis Shine, love this safety pick. Behind Kyle Hamilton, second favorite safety. And it's a deep safety class. Like, there's a lot of good safeties in this class. He's my second favorite. This is a great pick. It helps build some depth in that secondary. They're eventually going to have to, you know, get a new guy there. And this is a good pick. It's a good, good value pick. They, they did well with their trade, I think. It, it you know, I know Viking fans feel like they got fleeced because of who the, the Lions ended up drafting, but you got good value here. Um, this is a very good player, very good football player. I think this is a second contract kind of guy, and that's what you want out of your first round. That's deemed successful, second contract kind of guy. Loved him at Georgia, um, and he's another guy playing in the middle of the field, and you know he's going to create a no-fly zone there. So I like this pick. Great, great draft. Overall, loved it. Phenomenal. Can't wait for the second rounds and more rounds. Like I said, next week, I'm going to have Raph, uh, Michael on. And we're going to talk about NFL free agency, the whole draft and coverage. We're going to get you ready for this next period of the offseason. We're going to have great coverage of it all. But this first round was awesome. Super fun to watch. Can't wait for these next ones. This is a deep, deep draft in a lot of different positions. Not the sexy positions, but a lot of that what's going to make you a better football team that's going to come in and win games for you outside of the quarterback position. Those kind of meat and potatoes, foundational put a flag in the ground, we're moving forward as a football organization type of depth in this draft. Um, so I'm excited for it. And then we got basketball this and the F1 series in uh, Miami. Cannot wait. My Celtics, I told you, this is my only final sports note. I told you, they fear no man. They want all the smoke. Everybody was dodging the nets. They come in, sweep them. My future pick on them looks fantastic right now. I ain't scared of the Bucks. Bring it on Sunday. Let's go Celtics, and we'll talk to you all later. <laughs>